we are not just a city, that we are more than just a community, that we're operating like a village. And in a village, each and every one of us is accountable, not only for our child or our children, but our children's friends and single parent moms, single parent dads, when we collectively stand together, locked in arms, there is no force or no energy that can stop us from molding and not even just molding, from creating bridges that allow kids and families to move out of generational poverty into economic wealth, 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 wealth. Peace, peace, peace and blessings, kings, queens, and everyone in the Freeway to Elevation family. Today, we are so very blessed to have Rajon Jones Sr. in the building, author, father, husband, and brilliant individual. Rajon, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, man, thank you. Thank you. I'm honored to be on your show, man. How you doing? Man, I am blessed. Look, normally when we get started, we always want to operate from a space of being grounded and the space of gratitude. So tell me what energizes you and what you're grateful for. Man, let me tell you, what energizes me is, is being able to um, understand my purpose. And I know my purpose. I'm very grateful that. And I and, and I, I want to say this because I I thank you and I always give you and Patrick uh that 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 honor because y'all y'all opened my eyes up to a bigger purpose in life. Not just working, just entrepreneurship, just giving back to the community. And that's one of the things I'm grateful for is having being a part and knowing you not just as a, a mentor, but as an individual, as a person. So I'm very grateful. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for being safe and alive and with all the things that goes out in the world. But I'm just grateful and honored to have walked across your path and understand there's a bigger purpose in my life. So I'm really honored. And I, that's, that's what I'm grateful. And that drives me now, knowing that out there, my purpose is being developed and is being met and is continued to. Look, so, so you said a whole word right there. Here's another piece, because I want to give people context, right? I need them to have the context of who Rajon Jones is, who Rajon Jones was. What are some of the obstacles and challenges that happened in your life? And to your point, you aligning with your purpose. So I'm stacking them on you. I want yeah. them to hear that. What your aligned purpose is for community, for your family, and just for uh, those whom you have wrote something for. And so give me a little bit of it. Well, let me tell you, man, let's, let's start from the beginning. I, um, I am a father. I'm a son of a mother, I am a brother to my other brothers, of five brothers and three sisters. I am the oldest. 
But before this journey, I had made a lot of mistakes as a, as an individual. I didn't have an outlet, but that's okay. Um, and what I did was use that to my advantage because sometimes we think that the things that we go through is because something we really, we did something bad, but I came to realize as my journey went forth is that in that journey, God was teaching me certain things and preserving me mentally, physically, emotionally, as I walk through that journey. But we don't, sometimes we don't understand it until we get somebody cross your path. So in a few seasons ago, I had, I worked for a job for 19 years and I got laid off and it was before COVID. So that means I am not a provider. Lucky I had a mate that actually took on the role that I used to take on as a provider, as a man. But there was a purpose behind that. We don't see it at the time because we get caught up in our pride and our emotions and our egos, especially as men. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna need that to marinate for a second. I want you to repeat that again so that it sink in to those males who are listening and to any young person who's a male, because it's important to not allow your pride, your ego, and those things that have been placed upon us by community historically of what the role of a man is and what the role of a woman is. Okay. I had got laid off. So that means I was a provider for 19 years. Um, so once that went down, I found myself, it's not easy. You find yourself pity partying on yourself. What are you, what are you going to do next for your family? How can I help? What can I do? I'm not getting a job. I can't find a job. So these things get caught up in your mental, your mentality, because like you said, society has this this framework how what men are supposed to be. Men, men are supposed to be hard and 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 not cry and know and show their emotions. And believe it or not, that takes a that takes a toll on your mentality, mental. It takes a toll on your physical. It takes a cold toll and it affects your family. You don't realize that because you're stuck in your selfish ways. Uh, so I got to that point. Well, I had to sit back and, and realize that this is a time where in space where you really need to evaluate yourself. And some people don't have mates. Some people don't have, you know, family. But you have yourself to sit back on and say, hey, what is it that's holding me back for flourishing and finding my purpose? So what I did was, this is just me. I got in the corner. I do prayer a lot. I wake up and I read a lot. I meditate a lot. And that that helps. That helped me out for that platform to accept help. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not a person that usually accept help, but I had to, like I said, we went back to pride and ego and that that mentality where you have to humble yourself. 
to accept and have open arms to move forward. And once you let that go and and receive that help, everything changes. I got a new slogan now. I say, change your mind, it changes your life. Okay. Because if you change your mindset, the things that you, the things that are around you in a positive way, you, the life will change positive. But if you're in a mindset of negativity and revolving and second guessing and doubting, that's the that's the that's the life that you're gonna continue to live. But um, to get back to my walk, my walk was. I started opening up. I started opening up to different programs. That's how I got into the fatherhood program. Mm-hmm. I wanted to. I wanted to open up to receive help. I wanted help. I so wanted give, new knowledge. And give them a little bit about um, what the program is, and then after you do that, Rajan, let's let's rewind back a little further so they know the obstacles that you had to overcome before you got to that 19 years in your occupation yes. so that we can give them what they need to. Okay, that meat. Yeah, that meat. Okay. Um, yeah, the fatherhood program. Once I signed up for that fatherhood program, they was really open about being honest and not just being a number of trying to find you something. They really got in depth of Want to know your lifestyle. What is it that you want? What is it that you need? It wasn't just, hey, do you need a job? I'll find your job and put you in any job. No, they worked around your lifestyle and what you need for your family. And that was one of the greatest things that I felt accepted and it was listening to me. They listened to me. They weren't telling me what I, what I should do. They listened. And that's the key. They was listening and I told them what I want and they they helped me. And they put me in classes and they, they gave me nourishment, encouragement. Hey, you can do this. And that's what I did. And it was a great program. Fatherhood, man, is uh, that was a life changer. That where I see and they, they put me on a path for my purpose, educational. Mm-hmm. But the obstacles before uh, my past, I was I was a street guy. Okay. Uh, um, the, some of the obstacles, um, my teenage years, I I was uh, went to church every day. Um, raised up with two two parents. Father drove a truck. My mother took care of the house and worked odd jobs. I had two brothers. At, um, and the streets was where I was at. I didn't want to listen to nobody. I didn't want to go to the army. I wouldn't be told what to do. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. But I had, I had in our household, boys, men didn't cry. They didn't show their pain. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we was, the, the emotions and the affection was not catered to in my household. Yeah, we, we was raised with yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am. All the perfect uh, dialect, but we never had platform to communicate how we express. So a lot of that was involved and involved up in me. I chose the streets. So when I chose the streets, that means I chose all the consequences that came with the streets, the lifestyle, prison time. 
I went from prison. I went to prison um, when I was 23. Mm -hmm. I got out when I was going on 20, uh, 39, I mean 30. So you have to think about that. 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. October 18th, two, uh, 1999 is when I got out of prison. So you got to think about 23 in them years. Them, them years, you're supposed to be grooming yourself as a man, as a man. You know, so them are obstacles. But I overcame them. And I got out. Once I got out, I got me a job. And I, while, I was, while I was in there, I made up my mind. I was not going back in. And it was a blessing. And I look at it, that time was a blessing because I could have got 40 years. I could have got life. But God preserved me in that time period. And during that time, I learned how to accept my choices and understand that my choices, I had the power of my choices. No one else. Everything that I did, it was on me. Mm -hmm. So knowing that, that helped me out a lot. And I got to know my Lord and Savior. I never knew that when I was in the streets. I didn't care about women. Only thing I cared about was money. I didn't care about no one's feelings. None of that. Only thing I was caring about is myself and my gratification and the things that I wanted. That right there lets you know that life is a lot more than just me. So that was one of the obstacles that broke, broke me. And I understand God put me in there to slow me down and, and wake me up. So when I got out, I was woke. I ain't been back since. I just wanted to say, because what he did was he restructured you. Yes. He restructured you to take those obstacles, turn them into opportunities, and continue to build the brilliant man that you are. So we are so appreciative that you didn't allow yourself Although behind bars, you worked on um, essentially cutting the bars of the mind so that you can create what it was for you to step into your purpose, which you're living now. And so yes. I wanted to recognize that. Yes, and that's what you did. That's what I did. I shredded the old, old me and God created a new me. And who still is that new Who's that new you? Who's that new me? Yeah. Listen to him. I got a, I got a book. This is new me. This is my my story. This is my the things that I created. This is the new me. I'm an author. I'm a radio show host. I'm a father. I'm a hard worker. I'm an entrepreneur. That's the new me. I'm I'm building legacy for my family. I'm building legacy for my, my, my five kids. I got three boys, two girls, one getting ready to go to college. So that's what we doing. That's what I'm doing. So that's who I am. And that is my purpose. Not only that, I, I, I serve on a nonprofit organization called Bunk 57. And what we do is we, we mentor 13 to 17 year old young men and we find mentors for them 
a year-long program, and we educate them every two weeks on entrepreneurship, different trades, we um, um, finances. So we educate them. That is another person. That's who I am. I'm on the board of director of that. So we help the community. We give back. We we do re-entry programs. We just we getting ready to partner up with uh, another group that build homes for re-entry for uh, for re um, re-entry men coming back out of prison. So they have a place to stay. So that's what we're about. I'm about rebuilding. I'm, re I'm about encouraging and giving second chances to people that need in our community. That's who I am. So look. The same way it was given me, I'm gonna give back. You gave to me and I wanna give life to someone else. Look, and so to your point, one thing I know is that this path that you're on, and see, I'm gonna back up a little bit so they understand when Rajan went through what's called the Mecklenburg Empowering Fathers Program, what he shared with you is it wasn't telling you what to do. It was creating an individualized development plan Yes. to help you see the possibilities of not only, yeah, COVID impacted and affected us in a very, uh, I wouldn't say negative way, but I would say in a way that changed the way we had to think and changed the way we had to move. And so because jobs were dealing with financial constraints, many places shut down and reduced the amount of staff they had. And there was a period of time where you had to pause, but in your pause, the same time we working through the Mecklenburg Empowering Fathers program, we had an opportunity. You heard Brother Rajan talk about the programs he had from the book he written, but also about being on the board of directors. And so I have a nonprofit. And to Rajan's point, in my nonprofit, I am committed to community. And as a person who's committed to humanity and community, what we did was I listened to Rajan and in listening to him and the powerful story and the narrative of how he went from the block essentially to the boardroom. I was like, man, you need to put that in a story. I first gave him a copy of one of my books. <laughs> my brother. And then I gave him a, a copy of the yeah, children's book for his kids. And uh, Rajan, tell me how the book that... Um, I provided you, how that helped you in structuring the book that you are giving to the world? Man, I, I read your book, man, and what it did, it trans, it gave me a blueprint of the, the, the knowledge that you have as being a king, not just for your family, but a, your, your thought process, and it's not it's not it's not just me. It's 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 a it's a it's a connection with everyone. And what your book gave me is interactive. It questioned me the as a man, but it opened up as a it nourished me. So 
um, just knowing that it's not just me. It's, it's, uh, it's you. It's your sons. It's your daughters. It's your mothers. This is a village. We, we, we nurture each other. We, we plant seeds. And it grows. So your book gave me that 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 inspiration. Like, hey, this is this is this is life. We we as one. You know what I'm saying? And we we have all kind of uh, connections together. So when I read it, it, it made me feel like a king, and it made me reflect. And I had to write stuff down in your book. So it's very interactive, and that's one of the things. That inspired me to do the same thing. Interact with my book. After my story and my book, it allows you to, hey, let's question this. You know, how I utilize my time. Uh, who am I uh, blessing out in this world? So each story, after each chapter, you have to, you have to, you have to think about this stuff. It's a reflection book. It's reflecting on your daily life and how you can change your life. And question yourself. You Talk know, to me about some of them chapters in that book, man. I love the title. Hey, man, I'm gonna tell you something. Thank you. That, that was a, that was a good title, man. I have um, I have a chapter called um, "Growth in Dark Places." Uh, what I mean by that is that we can get in a funk, but there's 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 three phases to it that I say. There's a beginning, there's a middle, and there's an end. But there's three phases. Most of the time when they see successful people, they always see the end results. They can see the cars, the houses, the, the jewels and stuff, and they get caught up in that. But they don't look back at the beginning. They don't look at all the middle. The middle is where all the hard work and learning and the patience and all the knowledge is being developed. That's where you at right there, in the middle. That's the, I think that's the most valuable part of being successful. Because once you be successful, everything that you learn in the middle of that dark place, it sets you up to be successful. But they don't, a lot of people don't look at that. There's a beginning, but you got to be committed to start it. Mm -hmm. And then in the middle, you got to put in that hard grind, that hustle, that work, that education, invest back in yourself, be patient, you know, stay in prayer, stay committed, consistency. Be attention, intentional about your craft. And then once you get to that, that door, when it opens, you're able to uh, be successful and continue to and, and maintain it. My, uh, my uncle used to tell me back in the day, he said, kind of like it's easy to get what you want. The hard part is maintaining it. Mm. Talk to me about that. You know what I'm saying? It's hard. The hard part is maintaining it. And I, and I thought about it. I said, really? Maintain? I said, yeah. You got to maintain the lifestyle that you want. And that's the hard part. If you can't maintain it, you're going to either lose it or you're going to struggle to maintain it. But you're going to have to maintain it. But that's your vision. And then I got, a, uh, I got, a, I got another chapter. It's called uh, Time. I love this chapter. It's, it's talking about time how we manage our time, how important is our time. I have questions um, about my, my, uh, about managing time. And that's very important in our, in our daily lives. 
when I was uh when I went to prison, I used to uh when I first went in there, I used to lay in my bunk. I don't know every day, try to sleep the whole the whole day away. And this old man came up to me and said, "Son, I see you over here laying in the bed doing nothing." He said, "Look, you got you got a choice. You either gonna you gonna do time, time gonna do you. Either way, you got to do time." He said, "Do something with yourself. Say read, lift weights, get an education, uh, go walk the track." but don't allow time to do you, you do time. And I thought about that. I laid in the bed, I said, you know something? I said, you're right. It took me a minute, I pouted, <laughs> but I got up at that bump and I went and started doing stuff. I started getting a little bit more, started reading more, started getting uh, my horticulture degree, you know, started lifting weights, utilizing my time, but in this world here, we, uh, we get caught up in our daily lives and we don't realize that time, managing your time is very important. When the day, the time you get up out of that bed, what are you doing? Are you, are you meditating? Are you praying? Are you um, spending time with your family? Or what are you spending your time with? How you spend your time? Who you spending your time with? We ain't got but so long. And that's very important for me when I, when I wrote this chapter, because when I when I wrote this, this chapter about time, it helps me be grateful about my family. It sets up a, a energy of understanding my 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 daughters. Am I on my phone too much? Am I, you know, why I'm not spending time with my kids doing homework because we can get caught up in that mm -hmm. and God talk about time in his book in the Bible it talks about it even in the daily prayer it's about that it said uh, it said uh, let me let me get this right it said our father who art in heaven I'll be thy name thy kingdom come that will be done on this day my daily bread See, we get beside. He just said this day, only on this day. We can we can plan for the future, but we just talking about the day of planning right now. I don't, for me in my daily walk, I don't. I like to plan for the future, but I like to stay in the moment for today, because he can be teaching you something in this moment. Like right now, I'm staying in this moment because. I don't know, we don't know if we're gonna wake up in the morning, but I'm standing at the moment because I, I I appreciate you and I'm grateful for being here on this show talking to you, Kelly. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's, 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 that's what's talking about being in the moment because I can miss this moment. Every time you talk, I can be learning something from you. You know, that's, that's managing my time. That's how I see manage my time in my moment. Is, is basically paying attention to learning. See, see, that's powerful in that. Um, what you just said, Rajan, in every moment when you're interacting with people, we have to realize that part of that moment, we may be the teacher. But then at the next part of that moment, we may be the student. And so it's this process of dancing 
and learning to be connected to environment, be connected to one another. And communication isn't just me trying to get my point across. It's also me trying to hear exactly what you're saying, both out your mouth and through your, your emotions, because, you know, only like 30% of that communication is coming from here. Mm. A lot of the other communication is tied into your posture. It's tied into your walk. It's tied into me paying attention to your eyes. And so what you did while in prison, when the elder communicated with you, you took that information and you leveraged it so that it created a path for you to blaze so that on today, you have in your hand a manuscript that you wrote, that you took the time and allowed yourself to go through that process and not just write it because you had something to say, but also write it because young people needed to hear something and you did the research to find out what they needed to hear, which is yeah. how you ultimately ended up on the board of directors at the nonprofit. So this is full circle, your experience growing up in the streets from the sense of hustling and, and searching for instant gratification, but then taking that to drive how you impact and affect your children, but more importantly, your children's children's children, which are three generations downstream. And I look at you and not only how eloquently you are sharing this story, but also I look at the growth that I have witnessed myself over the last four months and that many other people have seen. You are a beacon of light to those who have been incarcerated, to those who may not have had the same level of support as some others. You are a beacon of light to those who may have never had their father in their life from the work that you do with the nonprofit. So how does it feel to have transformed to the point that um, you speak of the creator and how he's a driving force in who you are? So how do you uh, transfer that message so that it's transmitted to the young people you interact with? You know, um, I just taught a class two weeks ago to the, uh to these guys and I told them my story and I, and I told them great book. Uh, one of the kids said he loved it. Uh, he was going through it cause I gave him a, a chance to uh, an activity in my book. And I told him, this is your project. But I gave him, I told him it's a choice a power. You have the power of choice. Very, all of us got power. Okay? That's, that's choice is power. And we have the power to make the choice. Um, what I told them was, you have a choice because you're in school. I have a choice because I work. Mm -hmm. I don't have to, but that's my choice. You don't have to go to school, but that's your choice. There's consequences in everything. There's good consequences. There are bad consequences. That's your power of choice. And I tell my kids this. 
I treat you, going back to your question, I treat you the same way God treats me. I'm going to tell you how he treats me. I might ask for something, and I might pray for something. Don't mean I'm going to get it right away. I'm going to sit back, and God will sit back, and he will sit and watch you. He would, he would, he would gonna give it to you, but he gonna give it to you when he thinks you're ready. So I'm gonna do everything I can to prepare myself to let him know that I am ready to receive that blessing. Mm -hmm. So when when that blessing comes, I am ready, and he will get the glory. And I tell my kids, I will give you the same mercy. You ask for a cell phone, you ask for a car, you ask for some new shoes. I'm gonna give it to you. But I got to see when you're ready, if you're going to take care of the phone that you already got and be grateful for that one, one that you already got. And if I see you that you're taking care of it, then I'm going to bless you. And then, then I know that you're going to take care of what I give it to you and you will get and you will, you will be grateful and you will take care of it. And I told, my kid, I told the kids in the classroom the same thing. I say the choices that you make because it's different. There's different facets, facets of kids that come through that program. Single mother uh, raising kids, single father raising kids, or both parents are raising the kids. But one thing I, I see that they have in common is they do not have a platform for communication. Feelings are being balled up. One scared of the daddy, one scared of the mama, or they just don't want to say anything to neither one of them because of the consequences. That's one that that is like a key factor. And I give my sons them that platform to say, hey, how do you feel? If you're mad at me, let me know. Let's let's talk about it. The only way I can help you or you can help me is we can have a platform communication with no consequence. But you have to make that choice. And I'm giving you that choice and that platform to do so. God does that, too. He gives you that platform to speak because he knows that helps you, your spirit, that helps your, that helps your mental to release all that stuff that you got on you. If you can lay that burden out, trust me, your whole, your whole thing, your whole spirit, your whole demeanor will change. So that's how I kind of I reach to the kids about that. It's okay. It's okay. You know. We go through that. The adults go through that. Yes. So is it? Yeah. That's that's how I reach to the kids, man, and, and it helps them because they then they can just breathe. They were like, okay, there's no. I'm not being judged because we're Talk. not perfect. Talk. So so now, now you brought up a couple very important things. So we talk communication. We talk about the anger. We talk about the frustration. So how does Rajon Jones Sr., how does he exercise self-care in the release and purging of anything um, that's not serving him and in, in, in some challenging obstacles that may have occurred, like when you lost your job and you had to deal with some of that and the frustration and the weight of needing to be a provider um, or or used to being a provider and needing to fall back and pause for a second and take on other responsibilities and do it. Man, I watch you with your kids, brother. I watch your intentionality. 
I watched your situational awareness. More importantly, I watched the fact that you was present and in the moment with your children and they appreciate. So how does Rajan kind of make sure that he's taking care of himself and putting himself in a place where he's able to exercise emotional wellness so he can thus teach that to his kids through modeling what he does? You know, I'm glad you said that. I had support. And you know my fiance, and you know having a mate is very important. They always say behind every good man there's a great woman. <laughs> it's not easy, man. It wasn't easy for me to make that transition. You know, I am my 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 spouse is very communication. She she's very articulate and she liked to communicate. And that pushes me. That allows, that is uh, one of my safe havens. You know, I'm still learning. There's things that I'm still learning when I was teenager that I'm 50 years old now still learning. You know, and we got to realize the things that we don't deal with when we're young, we still deal with it now as we older, but we deal with it differently. So how I self-help myself, man, let me tell you something, man. I'm learning how to, <laughs> be fun. take a bath just sit in a tub and relax that's something my, my 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 lady tells me to do just relax go get in the tub and it helps you know getting up in the morning at three four o'clock and just being quiet and just meditate that helps you know communicate with her and that's the part that that I'm still learning mm -hmm. that it's okay to you know, to cry, you know, it's okay to be, you know, uh, vulnerable. I'm learning that through her. So I will give her that credit because that was something hard for me and I'm still learning how to do it. But, you know, reading, meditation, uh, writing, I'm, I'm into writing now. I'm on, on my second book, getting, getting ready to come out. Um, and, and just, just having time to myself so I, I i'm learning that part of it. and it's been great it's, it's a great journey it's not i don't want to say nothing is easy because it's not because if you're stuck in your ways for a long time and you're trying to develop a a, a, a new life a new a new habit a new lifestyle mm -hmm. it you got that war between yourself but other than that man it's it's been very helpful to have a mate. A lot of people don't have mates, but, or somebody in your corner. It can be your mother. It can be your father. It can be, you know, a best friend, or it can be your spouse. But I found a platform in a safe haven where I can speak and not being judged or not being, you know, thinking it's going to come back or something. So that's what has fulfilled me, even just, talking to my kids, seeing them kids waking up, seeing them running around. That replenishes me every day. So in my purpose, that juvenates me really, knowing now, seeing where God is opening these doors up at and staying focused and being consistent and knowing that these doors is not just about me. It's about all this stuff ain't about me. It's about the people that I'm connected to and helping. You know, we can get caught up in ourselves like, ah, ah, you know, rah, rah, but 
at the end of the day, it's about helping others in this community. Every Say platform that. that we have is about helping others and, and connecting to others because there's people out there that need to be helped and connected and need that platform. Man, you said a whole word, brother. Your spirit. Matter of fact, let me back up. I'm not even backing up. I, I want to stay right now in this moment. So when I heard you share that you're in the process of working on that second book, there was a light that I seen come on. And it wasn't a physical light. Yeah. <laughs> you were glowing, brother. And so what... I'm sensing is that you've come to love the uh, journalistic ability to create a story, tell a story, and then share that story so that it benefits mankind. It's our testimony. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. And, yeah, and that's, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. What I'm going to hit you with, though, is I want you to tell me what the 50-year-old Rajan would tell the 20-year-old Rajan, knowing what you've traveled through in your journey in this thing we call life. I would tell him to be patient. I would tell him to, to take time to know himself. Um, the 25-year-old Rajan was, was not patient. The, the, and it's not about you. It's not about you. That one was very selfish. This one is not. Um, I would tell him to take time to read. Educate yourself. Um, Tell someone you love them. Um, find a, a person that you can actually express, express your feelings. I had a lot of stuff, anger balled up in me when I was little, when I was young in the streets. I had a lot of fear, but I covered it up. Mm -hmm. Had a lot of insecurities, I covered it up. You would never know, but I did. And I mentioned that in my book, but I didn't have a platform. We had a loving household, but we didn't have a platform to speak. You know, old school, boys can't cry. Either, either If you cry, you was either call a punk or a sissy. So me going to my daddy, that wasn't it. So to tell the 25-year-old uh, the me, be patient. Uh, to get help. That's me. Be patient. Get help. Read. Educate yourself. Um, know God, come to know God. You went. I went to church out every Sunday. My grandma, God fearing, but it was going out one. It was going in one end out the other. Just words to me at that time. But now that stuff is that seed that she planted. Now it's getting watered. <laughs> now, now it's, it's getting it's being fruitful. You know, then you know she planted the seed and God watered. Make it grow. So that's where we at. Uh, be grateful. Never was grateful. You know, that's just, it was a lot. It was a lot in them times, but I, 
as a 50-year-old man, as we get older, we get wiser. We appreciate life a little bit more. We stay in that moment. You know, I I just want, yeah, that that's that's how I would say that, man. I, I want when I when I say writing that book, it's 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 great because it's therapeutic when you put this on paper. Now you have to reflect all that stuff that you really was trying to hide on the inside. It comes out on paper. So it's therapy coming out. You know, so I never thought I would write a book until you said, man, you need to put this on, you need to put this on paper. You need to put your story on paper. That was, none of this, I would never thought of, I didn't like writing. But you've seen, you seen something in me to allow me to do it. And I thank God for it. You know, I'm still, door's still open. Who who to say I'm going to be a radio host of a, on a radio show, Your World, WNB, I, I, not me, WDBR. That, these things, these past year, this past year, within this year's time, a lot of stuff, you would have told me, I'm like, nah, nah, okay. It's amazing, man. It's amazing. Man, that's beautiful because now you're getting back to this, this, uh, toxic masculinity that we've been uh, influenced by because, again, the image of a male is provider, protector. Provider, protector. And, you know, I watch you. So you provider, protector, educator, <laughs> um, parent, um, supporter, encourager, and to your point, one of the things I love that you say is that it's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about the collective power and resolve of community. And when 10 or more of us are collectively lifting, our load is a lot less yeah. heavier. Yes, yes. Good point. Yes. I like what you said right there. Yeah. Yeah. So we got about 13 minutes and I want you to we'll go skirt back to Mecklenburg Empowering Fathers Program because who would have ever thought that a child support program would be encouraging fathers to not only get involved, but get the support from their program and the referrals that come along for men to elevate men and to help them navigate these process to gain employment or expose them to other opportunities that exist for them. So, you know, you mentioned Pat. So let, let, let's talk a little bit about um, the type of influence uh, Patrick Patterson, Global Partners, uh, global fathers and families out of uh, the, the eastern part of North Carolina. Let's talk about the impact and influence that he's had on your life. I mean, I, I talked to Pat about three weeks ago, man. He gave me so much encouragement, man. He gave me direction about how to uh, promote my book, different avenues, how to promote it, how to be experienced and how to become a speaker. In, in this world of speaking, speaking engagements. 
um, very. He, he introduced me a lot of people. Lester, he wrote a book, and he went through this. He went, uh, he went through the same thing, incarceration for twenty some years, and he wrote a book. So he introduced me to him. Great people that he introduced me to. But going through the fatherhood program, I got a phone call. Actually, I got a letter. And, you know, like I said, I was in that state where I didn't want to call, but I called. And then y'all, we did a, a video phone call and introduced myself. I think the greatest thing was I was able to speak and be comfortable and not being judged with another other group of men and everybody sharing, like everybody got their uh, they own story, but everybody is the same story child support, looking for a job, want to be a provider. And and what y'all, what what fatherhood did was listen. And that was, like I said once before, that was very important going through that program to have me set me up for school to um, a publishing uh, program. That's how I learned how to write a book. They gave me the encouragement. Fatherhood went through the program. I went through the program and they helped me out in court. Now I say that that was very important because the judge realized that I was in the fatherhood program and that really helped out in her making the decision because she noticed that I was making, putting effort in trying to do what's right, trying to find a job, going through the program. And the fatherhood was they, they, they really was working real hard to find me employment, the right employment, not just any employment. They wanted, they was finding stuff that I wanted to help me at the time in my family so I can stay at home and educate my kids and keep them safe through COVID. And they did that. They made adjustments. They made different moves than the regular old moves. So that is, it was a great program and it, it opened doors for me. That fatherhood program is, is a, it's a, uh, it's good. Look, let me tell you this because I almost forgot forgot about this. I, I don't know if you remember this. We were going down the path. You had several interviews, got all the way to the end, and then they decided not to give you the job because of the incarceration okay. background. Forgetting about the fact that you had nineteen years. And you was in leadership. Uh, and so I'll never forget that day because when you told me that, and, and you know, I'm pretty reserved and calm. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. hot that day. And you was good. You was good. But to your point, sometimes we we, we those. I said, no, it's okay to let it out because I know you disappointed and we got to get to the disappointed. But I want to send a special shout out to a brilliant sister who's the executive director of Center for Communities and Transition, um, because I went to her and that's where we got the conversation about the, the coding program. Remember that? With Henry yeah. Rock. Yeah, yeah, Henry um, Rock, yeah. I was in the rain, no <laughs> hoodie on, walking yeah. in the rain and um, Patrice really, she got on there. I mean, literally she did this it was after hours. She and, made it happen. Right. And the big thing that I'm trying to get people to see is that 
when you put forth the effort like you did, I'm willing to put myself on the line and then she's willing to put herself out there to make sure that she creates a pipeline of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Then we got child support enforcement who understands that like you are putting forth the effort. So we're not going to move forward with some of these other things. And then Pat's exposing you to other. So there are people who are collectively Working. interlocking to be one body and create synergy for the uplift of your brilliance. So um, this is really for everybody out here who feel like they have no hope, who feels like they are not going to trust some programs. And, And again, we have to critically think. You made a good point, man. And that's, that's what makes that program different because there's a lot of programs that come to you. and It's like, we're going to get you a job and they just get you any job. Y'all didn't come to me like that. Y'all listen. And you, and you came to me like, Hey, how can we help you? What is your lifestyle? Like that what makes this program different and y'all and everybody worked together. I was getting phone calls and emails of, Hey, how can we help you? So, you know, Kelly reached out, Pat reached out and y'all and everybody's working. I was like, yo, I'm telling my, my lady, like, Hey, these guys, is putting in work and they see something and they and they and they they molding it together where it's gonna work and that comes back what you said when you got 10 collective people working together that that burden will lightens and that's exactly what y'all did y'all had everybody on board and everybody had the same energy and that's what makes this program different man and it starts from the top, and that's you and you and Pat and and and, and what y'all do. And, and so I'm gonna push back just a little bit because you know our give is only as strong as your commitment. And so you put forth the work, you were open, and all those things allowed us to be where we're at right now. So what I want to do is, got four minutes, I want to open up the floor for you to one, any IG, any LinkedIn, your uh, website where they can purchase your book, how can people support you? I want you to close this out with all that. Um, <laughs> you, can, uh, you can get my book on... Uh my e-publish book at um at blackboysdemen.com you can get it also get it on amazon you can purchase my book on amazon as well and it's already converted to ebook and you can go on kindle and also purchase it also you can reach me on uh, facebook at rajon Jones Senior at, at Facebook, or you can hit me hit me up on Instagram at um, Sean underscore Senior 
on Instagram or every Sunday, 10.30 a.m. WNBR every Sunday, 10.30 WDBR WDRB <laughs> Hey, let me tell you something, man. This is a coincidence, man. When I got that, when I signed that six-month contract, man, I, if I knew where you would stay at, I would have came over your house and showed you the contract, man. First thing I thought about, I said, Kelly won't believe this. Because from day one, man, you and you and Pat believed in my purpose, and I had a bigger platform than just this. I prayed about how I need to promote my book. I need to do this. So God put this radio show. I said, man, that's a iHeart Radio is a pretty big platform. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, I'm thinking small, but you know, God thinks bigger. And that's and that's one of the things, man. When I when I signed that contract, man, the first thing I thought about, I said, I need to let Kelly know this. I told her, I told her, and Kelly, and then a, a lady said, You 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 call Kelly yet? I said, No, I'm gonna call him. I gotta make sure I gotta let him know, get him update. <laughs> it just wanted I have to, man. It's like, it's, it, I just have to do that. That's where I'm at. Brother, like, you know, I, I told you all along, like, your path, your path and your destination, when they meet, it's not going to be on the road. It's going to be in the constellations because how you show up, and you're pretty tall guy. What, what are you about? Six, four, Rajan? Six, three. Six, six three. three. Yeah, so, but 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 your personality is like seven foot five. So, with that said, I I'm just so happy that you're starting to climb Mount Everest, and it is going to be a joyous climb for you. We are not just a city; then we are more than just a community that we're operating like a village. And in a village, each and every one of us is accountable, not only for our child or our children, but our children's friends and single parent moms, single parent dads. When we collectively stand together, locked in arms, there's no force or no energy that can stop us from molding and not even just molding, from creating bridges that allow kids and families to move out of generational poverty into economic wealth, wealth, wealth.